All right, I can simply tell you, though, that, um, as you know, that South Africa has been in the news for all the wrong reasons, uh, as well, leading to the England Test Tour, talking about cricket now, yeah. uh, towards the end of the year, with all sorts of administrative problems that were happening behind the scenes. Uh, that also resulted in, the, in having to find that the CEO, the then CEO, Tabang Mure, uh, becoming suspended, and three other employees who were in, in top, top positions, plenty went wrong. Sponsors were pulling out and not wanting to renew their relationship with Cricket SA. Um, I remember something had to give, and, and that resulted in the new leadership uh, that is being brought in, uh, Dr. Jacques Fall uh, being one of them, taking over as the acting uh, CEO, uh, Graham Smith as the director of Cricket as well, to steady the ship. Um, and we'll chat to Graeme. We're going to go into the news, but let me just mm. quickly acknowledge him being on the line. Graeme, good evening. Hey, Robert. How are you doing? I'm very good, man. How are you? You locked down? Yeah, locked down uh, with the family, trying to work and navigate uh, five kids. It's been interesting, but uh, all good this side. You're juggling it well, I can imagine, Graeme. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> the whiskey in the evening is certainly in. <laughs> Hi Rob, my name is Ayanda Amgini and I'm from Port Elizabeth, Eastern Cape. My question to Crime Smith is, what are his plans to bring uh, cricket to the people, especially in black schools? Because everybody knows that um, cricket is non-existent in township schools and that is a real, real problem. And the more, the, more the, the, the bigger the pool, the bigger the, 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 bigger the growth of the game. In the country. Good evening, Tarop. Once again, it's Isaac here in Sujanguvi. I just want you to ask Graham Smith, man, one thing, Uti. How does it feel to him after accomplishing what he did in South African cricket? Uh, yeah, he had a quite a milestone. But how does it feel to him not winning the World Cup as a captain, especially? Thank you. Good evening, Robert Marawi is speaking to Libra here in East London. Can you please ask Mr. Graham Smith, also good evening to him. You know, the issue of Quinton Cock is a big issue in South African cricket. Him, him you know, being the uh, wicket-keeper, captain, also opening batsman. You know, it, it can be really challenging. Uh, so, uh, he has he had a chance to maybe sit down at Quinton and say, look, Quinton, we want you to now be the captain in all three formats of the game. You will have to relinquish the wicket-keeping gloves, you know. And the other question, which batting position uh, would be ideal for Quinton, for Quinton de Kock to bat in Test cricket? Because I would like him to bat at number four in Test cricket. Because I think that's where he's most suited. Because if he bats at six... Then, if the top order fails, he has no one to bat with. Because you have the, the lower order, which mainly as one all round end bowlers, he struggles. And I think for me, if he can bat at four, I think we'll see the best of Quinton. He can score many, many runs for South Africa. Thank you very much, Robert Murray, especially in Test cricket. Thank you. Immediate questions that are coming through there for Graham Smith, who is uh, the director of Cricket for Cricket SA, as it stands at the moment. Graham, officially, good evening and welcome to our quick chat with you. The, the one thing that um, I wanted to find out, though, it, it's still in an acting role. They haven't formalized the position. Hey, Robert. No, uh, not officially formalized in the VAP. We have been in discussions, and I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from, from Cricket South Africa probably next week, I think. Well, hopefully by the end of this week. We'll see. <laughs> 
Okay. So you put your name in. You you obviously want this position now on a full-time basis. Uh, yes. I mean, it's been, I, I guess, been an interesting three months in the job. Uh, a lot of learning, uh, a lot of having to get to grips with the, you know, the strategy around what, what's been in place and why it's been in place. A lot of rebuilding relationships across the board that have deteriorated uh, to a, re- a really low point. Uh, so it's been it's been busy. Um, and also on, on, let's say, maybe the Proteus side, uh, really exploring a lot of uh, options in the men's side, as, as many as possible. We saw our women's side go and be successful, and, and we had a disappointing campaign in the other nine teams. But uh, I guess a lot of learning over the three months. Well, I, I know that there's, there's all sorts that has been brought about mm-hmm. Uh, due to COVID-19, but let me try deal quickly. I know Tando Manana, who is uh, uh, driving a ship with me on a Tuesday, Graham, uh, on the room dividers, is still here from our PE studios. Uh, but Ayanda on the voice notes was asking, uh, what are the plans to bring cricket, for example, to, to township schools? Well, I mean, always our goal is to grow the game. Um, I think, you know, financially what you can afford, I think it's a big thing. I think Cricket South Africa has invested a huge amount of money, hundreds of millions in RPCs, hubs, and, and growing the game that way and building facilities. And I, I think financially we've got to look at what we can afford. I think we also need huge support from government in terms of growing facilities. Um, so certainly we are looking at all avenues in terms of uh, you know the income that we have and, and how we can effectively grow the game all across South Africa. All right, so that would be underfoot as far as plans are concerned. Isaac was also asking what it felt like. This is more a personal question. You not winning the World Cup? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, captaining South Africa for over 11 years with, with the amount of success that we did have, I mean, that was the one thing that I would love to have, uh, the one box I'd love to have ticked. Um, whether you ask me if I believe we had a team in every World Cup I played, it's probably, probably not. But, I mean, there's a couple that stick out. I think uh, the 2009-2020 World Cup, we lost in the semi-finals to, to Pakistan. Uh, and that was one I, I really believe that we, we should have won. So that, but, you know, you look back and there's a couple of moments that, that really hurt. Um, but yeah, hopefully now in a, in, in, if, if in a permanent position, you get the opportunity to enjoy it as a fan and, a, and an administrator. The one from East London was a question. I mean, you could tell from the voice was that uh, the, the concern around Quinton de Kock, the dual roles that he has to play, whether as a captain and also an opening batsman, the role as a wicketkeeper, and where he thinks that he ought to be batting as far as the tests are concerned. I think he cited him batting at number four uh, would be the ideal one. Have you put some thought around some of the points uh, that were posed by the caller? Um, Robert, obviously, you know, as director of cricket, you, you also appoint a coach. You have selection panels that uh, need to do their job and need to be accountable for the job. I mean, you'll sit down with Quinton uh, across the board and, and, and consistently look at these things. Um, you know, I think in the short term, he was given the leadership role and it was about, um, you know, supporting him in that. And, uh, you know, also at the time, a lot of uh, new faces and new opportunities were given. So, you know, with, with the, the leadership of uh, Mark Thatcher and, you know, you know, about building an environment, it was great to see the team finish off strong. And I think Quinton's leadership on the field in particular was really good. I thought he managed the young players well. I, I think... Um, 
you know, it was great to see him handle the responsibility and that his own performance uh, was really strong as well. And I think in time, these are things that we will need to sit down and discuss and formulate plans. And we fortunately were able to start to bring through a couple of wicket-keeping options as well over, over, over the summer. Um, and, and hopefully those will go from strength to strength and we can start aligning um, Quinton's best position because, um, you know, we want to keep him in that leadership role, for, you know, especially in the white ball formats for a lengthy period of time. Right, Banana is with us. Uh, Tanda Banana is here, uh, part of the room dividers. Graham Smith is our guest until the bottom of the hour. Tanda? Good evening to the DOR. Uh, Graham, how are you? Hey, Tanda, how are you doing? Yeah, very well. Graham, I, th- I think you've, you've just summed it up. And, and, and for me, I think it's a concern. And, and, and I'd like to sort of ask you this one. Why, why, why are you guys stopping the idea of having more teams playing the game? Uh, but rather stay with the franchise, which for me, I feel it's, it's a development of the game, as, as, as you've said. I mean, in England, and, and you've been there, they have two tires uh, where they play promotion and relegation. Uh, why, why, why are you guys going back for the franchise? What, what was the thinking behind that? Oh, it's under, it's Dave Richardson's committee on the restructuring has been looking at a lot of these things and taking into consideration one uh, the relationship with the player body sector needed to be repaired. I mean, that had come to a grinding halt. Um, and once that was repaired, we needed to look at seasons 20 and 21. Um, and also, you know, trying to provide effective cricket across the board, uh, you know, cricket that can grow our game, but also most importantly, you know, with the, with, with the financial situation, you know, we needed to take that into consideration. Um, it doesn't mean that it's not going to change in, in, in the season to follow, but these are just... Um, you know, with with the short space of time and decisions that needed to be made, this is what we felt as the committee was the most effective way to move forward uh, for next season. We're also exploring a few other competitions that would help grow the game. Um, and again, it's it's always taking into you know uh, into consideration you know uh, the position of sponsors, the position of uh, whether CSA can afford uh, certain. You know, competition. So we're exploring T10 festivals. We're exploring a Pro 40 competition, which would, you know, take the game into stadiums, hopefully televised, that have never been um, like in Popo and Pumalanga, you know, areas like that where we can, you know, take televised games. I mean, that's the goal. Um, but in, in such a short space of time, three months of looking at everything, dealing with the state that Cricket South Africa was left in, you know, this is the most effective approach that we could take to the, the current uh, setup. Is, is is the COVID nineteen uh, imp- impacting preparation for your T Twenty World Cup? Well, I think it's affecting everybody at this stage. I think the fortunate thing, uh, you know, from a cricket perspective, is that we've pretty much had our home summer. Um, we lost the you know the last bit of our franchise and semi-professional and, and women's competitions, um, which is disappointing. But you know, if we look at the effects of rugby and, and football in particular, right in the midst of their seasons and the challenges that they are facing. You know, for us, as a, on a national level, we've got um, an A-tour to the Caribbean uh, towards the end of May. June, we've got a women's team tour to the Caribbean in May. We've got our, our protest men's team is meant to be going to Sri Lanka in June. And from June onwards, uh, uh, you know, that is when, um, you know, our national men's team building up the T20 World Cup starts to get busy. We've following the, uh, the Sri Lankan tour is meant to be a Caribbean tour. Um, potential for uh, India and Pakistan maybe to come to South Africa in the follow-up World Cup. But all these things 
it really on the balance and trying to understand, um, you know, the way forward. So we're consistently looking at these things, uh, assessing them on a weekly basis. We, we're rolling out three, six, nine-month plans. Um, so, yeah, lots of challenges, and we're not the only ones in the world or the country facing them. And I guess there's a lot more challenges uh, for people um, on the health side. And, and just a last bite, Rob, before I give back to you. I just want to, because, I mean, obviously, I don't want to be asking Graham about the assessment of the recent England, uh, you know, series that's been happening. For me, uh, when news came out of the new contracting system, Graham, obviously, uh, the name uh, that was there was the former Captain Faf. Uh, he was given a national contract. Uh, and, and, and if you go back, he said that he plans to retire after the T20 World Cup uh, in, in October um, I mean, guys like Zubra Hamza, if you look at Hendrik Klassen, uh, did they at least get a look in uh, before you guys made a, uh, an offer to Faf? Uh, and, and, and why was he given the contract? Um, we, we've got 17 contracts uh, available in, in, in our structure. Um, we've only contracted 16. Um, you know, I, I think the decision was made by the selectors and, and I, I oversaw that and was a part of it, but uh, ultimately left it to pretty much to the selection panel. But I, I think just to come in there, I think Fox has had a, a really outstanding career and, and carried a lot on a, on a leadership front. Um, and, I, and I felt that, uh, well, not only me, we felt that it was beneficial for him to be around for a lengthy period of time. He's got a year contract in place for the 2020 World Cup and an opportunity to be growing a lot of youngsters around him. And we felt that his experience would be invaluable. Um, when you look at someone like Henry Carson and Zubia Hunter, uh, you know, really good talent, I don't think Hamza quite reached his ability, but we know what he's capable of, and we've got to grow him and build him back up to the standards that we know he can produce. Uh, Klaassen has been around the national side for a fair amount of time, but if you actually look at the fundamentals, he's had three outstanding games against Australia. But we're looking for more consistency. We're also trying to bring an element of people earning their places uh, back and you know, if one of those players step up in the next period of time, there's a, there's a contract that's available for them. We've left the performance contract available for one of those young guys to put their hand up and take it. Hmm. I think one of the other focuses, Graham, that I, I wanted to ask you was, uh, was about the coaching department where you've got Inakungwe, who is there, uh, teaming up with uh, Mark Boucher. How, how has that combination worked? I know that at some stage, uh, Enoch was the team director. He was in a team director role, but then uh, has now been put almost firmly as an assistant to, to Mark. I actually think it's been you know, really good. I, I think um, Enoch has flourished. I think Mark has also, their relationship has gone from strength to strength. I know before COVID-19, we were looking to split you know, with the test of the Caribbean being so close to the T20s. You know, Enoch was going to take over management of one of the teams while the other one was, was pretty much uh, playing. Um, and, and, you know, both are heavily involved in all decision-making and running of the environment. And I think there's been a lot of empowerment on, on, on both sides. So I think it's been, it's been good. I mean, obviously, both of them will be judged in time on results. It's going to take time for us to build uh, and provide enough players and, and a really strong environment. Again, we've all got strategies and ideas of how we're going to get there. But, um, you know, I'd initially like to think if all goes well, we could put out a really strong team for the T20 World Cup uh, for them to, to go and lead with, with Quinton. Uh, and then going forward into next summer, hopefully, you know, really set up for a, a, a stronger summer. I think this uh, last uh, summer with England, Australia uh, uh, being here was a, was a big learning curve for all of us in terms of, you know, one, how much coaching needed to take place, two, 
um, trying to identify a group of players that we could move forward with. Um, and, you know, really look to get this, the curve of South African ticket going upwards. And, and still talking about the coaching department, I mean, when you look at a guy like, you know, with that uh, level four qualification, do you see him, uh, you know, in future becoming a, a pro tiers coach, somebody who handles that role firmly? Well, Robert, you know, absolutely. I mean, I, I think in our discussions is about growing enough to, to be the front runner for those positions. I mean, sport is unpredictable and to make predictions like this, what's going to happen in a number of years, you, I think you working in sport understand that that's not a perfect science. But the goal is to give enough and all management and all leadership enough support to grow their skills. You know, no, no person is a perfectly rounded, uh, you know, journalist, administrator, coach, captain. You know, there's always aspects of our, of our lives and, and, and uh, who we are as people that we can grow. So uh, part of my role is to look at aspects and to, to offer certain things to, to keep that growth going forward and to keep challenging everybody to put them in positions where, you know, where there is opportunities in the future that people like Enoch that we've invested a huge amount of time, money and effort into would be the, the, the front-runner to take the job. Still talk about leadership uh, before uh, Tanda pops in for maybe another question. We'll see if there's a voice note or two. Um, the vice captaincy, uh, I know that we've spoken about uh, Quinton heading that up, but then when it comes to the vice captaincy across all three formats, what are you looking at as far as the consistency and long term? Well, I, I think there's a few players that, that you know are in the running for something like that. But in the short term, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really interested in creating expectation on players. I, as I've said to players in all our one-on-one conversations, it's now about performance. Um, I'm interested in seeing who puts their hand up and who, who takes control of these positions going forward. You know, and uh, you know, uh, I, I feel like these things are at the point where you know once we start to see consistency. Uh, I really want players focusing on being good team men, performance, putting in, you know, getting runs and wickets under their belt. And I feel like the leadership thing is something that we can work out in time. Um, obviously, behind the scenes, we've got some ideas, we've got some thoughts. But uh, from a player perspective, I really want them focusing on, on getting out and, and putting in the, the best performance possible over the next period of time. Tender. I think, Rob, just uh, two, two more questions for me uh, to the DOR here. One, uh, Graeme, is A.B. de Villiers, uh, are we likely to see him coming back for the T20 World Cup? And my second question would be an observation, rather, uh, for the director of uh, cricket. Uh, why are many black promising Africans leaving uh, franchises in the Eastern Cape and Western Cape for the Lions and the Titans? Um. Well, I don't know if I can start in the A B question. I mean, we, we, we'd like to create an opportunity where our best players are available to go to the T20 World Cup. I mean, ultimately, that'll be based on, on you, know, get, you know, the opportunities and then taking it. And, you know, from a performance perspective, we want to send uh, those who perform and, and the best combinations to a World Cup in Australia. Um, obviously, we need to see what's happening with our tour schedule. We, we banked on having post-IPL 14 T20 games uh, in the build-up to uh, the T20 World Cup, but that looks like it's going to be affected by the coronavirus. So these are things that are going to have to be consistently assessed. Um, 
But I mean, just on AD, if you look at his T20 record across all the, you know, uh, the, you know these, these T20 competitions that are happening around the world, I mean, he's been dominant. He's had the best strike rate. He's consistently done well. So, you know, certainly would be a player that we would look at amongst others, you know, amongst, amongst many others. But um, again, selection would be based on performance. Two, um, I think there's huge challenges in, in the Eastern Cape at the moment, not, not so much at the Warriors. I mean, it's in Port Elizabeth, but certainly in, in East London, I know there's been a lot of leadership challenges, uh, and CSA are looking at strengthening, strengthening the, the administration there. Um, mm. you know, there's potential opportunities uh, in the new, uh, in, you know, potential. We're talking around in Grunty T20 for East London to, to be one of the franchises. Those are all the discussions that are underway at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're looking at, you know, and I think across the board, you know, it's not only players' performance, it's also off the field administration, you know, needs to grow and get stronger and benefit the game. But, you know, players are entitled to make their decisions. You know, who knows why? I mean, I haven't had those discussions with those players uh, as of yet. Um, maybe they felt the opportunities, maybe they felt that the leadership around was, was, was better for them in terms of the growing of their career. These are, these are the discussions that, you know, and, and ultimately the things that they need to express to you when you get the chance to interview them, Sandy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say to Graham, I know you're going to come and sign the contract up here in Johannesburg. And when you do, let me know uh, so we can have you in studio. We can talk and chat the way forward. There's such an interest in cricket uh, from so many people around the country and especially those that listen to the show here on the Metro FM as well as Radio 2000 simultaneously um, that I I can only see it as an honor if you are able to grace us with your presence, uh, but also thanking you at the same time and wishing you everything of the best in the journey ahead in these trying times of big decisions that have to be made in COVID-19 era. Um, so you're right there in the middle of it, Graham, but uh, take care of yourselves, take care of the family, Thank you. and I look forward yeah. to chatting to you soon, man. Same to you and all your listeners, Robert, and as soon as we're allowed to get on an airplane again, I'll definitely come and join you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened to your private jet? <laughs> Nice one, nice one, Captain. Take Cheers. care, man. Th- thanks for your time. All right, Graham Smith, they're chatting to us right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide, the director of cricket uh, for Cricket South Africa. Just a quick summary there, Tando. Two great mm. powerhouses in one night. I'm both director of uh, rugby and cricket, uh, Rob. I think, I think for us it's. Um, we're starting the new fiscal very well. Um, I think also what's important is uh, let's engage, let's talk to them. And uh, they're getting a different view, um, you know. And, and also we, we're looking for, for a way forward, as you said. Um, and I think that's, that's the bait that you're using. Um, at, at times, you know, there'll be a time for one or two or three of those tough little bit of questions. And we just want an open answer, an honest answer. I think um, it's things that we haven't been getting through. And I like what you've just uh, uh, highlighted, Rob. It's about administration. He spoke about what's ha- currently happening in East London. And I mean, if you look at Magala, you look at Sipamla, those are some of the players that I was speaking about that are going up to, to you know, uh, to North, uh, to Feather. We needed them because there's up-and-coming players that look up to those players. Now there's a void, uh, you know, that's there. And, uh, you know, administration and playing is always do- it's been separate entities. 
So we, we've got to find means and ways of trying to identify, seeing what's happening with border cricket. They can answer if we ever we can get someone, uh, you know, Bev can get someone from them, tell us what exactly is happening in border because it can't be border cricket and it, it's border rugby, which means there's a big problem in the border region. All right, let's uh, plot and plan for that one. Uh, we'll chat to you next week.